actually I don't even need to speak because I think we've actually had so much happening this morning, haven't we? Um, and I, I just love mornings like that because you just think, thank you, Lord, thank you. Um, but I am going to speak because I am here. Um, <laughs> and I thought I'd start by telling you what happened the other day. Um, we have a couple of pet quails and we they're jasmines actually and we've had them since egg and we just love them they love their cuddles and they're outside all day but then every night we bring them in and every morning and every evening we let them loose around our kitchen they have their own special cushion and they love it and they have to jump up onto the cushion or fly up onto the cushion and they fluff up their feathers and they clean it themselves you know they're a real pleasure But a couple of weeks ago, one of them hurt his claw. Um, And I don't know how it happened, but he's been healing. Now, the other day, bless him, he, he was so focused on the pain in his foot. He was hobbling around the kitchen and he wanted to jump up onto the cushion. But what happened was he, he was so looking down and thinking, How am I going to do this? How am I going to walk? How am I going to walk? He jumped, or he tried, to jump onto the cushion about three times and actually ended up face-planting on the cushion. Well, part of me was kind of like, oh, bless him. But I actually called out to him and I said, Speedy, what on earth is the matter with you? Why didn't you use your wings? And it made me think, aren't we like that sometimes? We have God-given gifts. This beautiful bird had beautiful, amazing wings. He didn't have to hobble around the floor. He didn't have to try and hop, but he was so focused on the pain and what was going on that he took his eyes off the gift that he'd been given and he ended up face planting. And I just thought that is so sad. It's so easy to forget our God-given gifts and strengths when we let our mind focus on the problems around us. And we can't look in two places at once. We either look at how big the problem is or we look at how big our God is. So the gifts that we are given are given to help us and also help others. Isaiah 23, 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all those whose thoughts are fixed on you. Someone recently said to me that their spouse had been seriously ill. The doctors kept giving them the bad news, didn't think this person was going to make it. If they did, there were serious consequences. And this person suddenly realized that actually it's when things are that bad that God steps in and miracles happen. And actually it gave them faith and that person pulled through against all odds. It's really easy to get drawn into what we see, what we hear, what we're told, instead of looking to the Lord and remembering what he says. And that is have faith and trust. We are overcomers. We are victorious through the blood of the Lamb. We have a God who tells us to ask and not doubt and receive so that our joy can be complete. When we feel insecure and we have our doubts, 
then we're looking in the wrong place. It's time to snap those thoughts back into on him. It means that we've actually taken our, our eyes off of the truth. And Jesus says he is the truth. He's the life. He's the way. So when we're starting to feel insecure, and I, I'm hands up, I'm one of these people. I often stand there sometimes and think, I can't do this. And I think, no, God, you told me I can. And I step back into what he says about me and not what I think about me. I've been listening to Smith Wigglesworth this week. Um, and he, he's speaking about praying for people and cancers dropping off. And I thought, yeah, that's who our God is. That's what our God can do. Let's be honest. There are some amazing doctors out there, aren't there? Amazing doctors. They have learned the skills, how to diagnose, how to treat ailments. But, and there is a but, when they say something is incurable, what they should be adding is it's incurable by man because nothing is incurable by God. They work in the natural. They work in what they can see. Our God is the creator and works in the supernatural, in what we can't see. And we can be healed in the name of Jesus. And I can personally testify to that. Most of you know my, my testimonies, but if you want to hear about it, please ask. Our God created you and me. He created everything in your body. He even, and this always just fascinates me, he even counted every hair on your head. That's how much he cares and, he, and how much thought he's put into creating you. That he cared about how many hairs are on your head. To me, that just takes me back every time I read it. I just think, wow. Because sometimes we can think of a God as being somewhere up there and just, oh yeah, I'll create a few down there. He's not like that. He counted every little hair on your head. He made everything about you, everything in you, everything outside of you. And he loves you. And he's proud of you. And he thinks, that is good. He loves us. He fights for us. He rescues us. And he speaks to you and through you. And he constantly lavishes good gifts on us, doesn't he? Constantly. And they're new every morning. He makes a way where there isn't any way. And he sent his Holy Spirit to live in us. Through our faith in the Lord Jesus, we can do anything. He has given you and me a commission, an inheritance, a commission to go out and pray for the sick and see them healed. It doesn't just say go and pray for them. It says go and pray for the sick and see them healed. He gave us authority to tell the enemy, go away, go away. You don't belong here. He provides for our every need, sometimes before we even ask for them. I remember a story a few years back. Um, there'd been a shipping container full of medical equipment sent out to another country, and it just didn't arrive. Um, they weren't desperate for it, but obviously, you know, they wanted it at some point. But then a natural disaster happened. And the shipping container turned up somewhere where it was urgently needed. But it was sent months and months before. Our God knows and he prepares 
And he sends things in the right place at the right time. And he does that for you and me as well. Yeah? He wants us to have a daily relationships with him so that we can constantly be reminded of his goodness and have our hope and our trust renewed. We were never meant to focus on our weaknesses. And just a, just a show of hands, actually, how many of you have ever felt that you can't do something that actually you're not good enough or you're too weak at something? Okay, so I'm not the only one. Thank you. <laughs> but we are victorious. Not through anything to do with us, but through the blood of the Lamb. Because he did it all. He finished everything. He paid for yours and my sin. He set us free. He fought our battle. He made us victorious. And by his blood, we are free. And we are free indeed. And we have those gifts given to us. When we keep our eyes on Jesus, we can be reminded of who we are in him. When we take our eyes off of him, we see the problems and they become so big. Isaiah 40, 31 says, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. That's a wonderful image, isn't it? To soar on wings like eagles. Not struggling to walk like our little bird when he forgot his beautiful gift of wings. So if you are feeling this morning that you don't have any gifts or that there's an obstacle that stands in the way of you being able to do anything for God, you're not alone, as you've just seen. Yeah, We all feel like that sometimes. And the Bible is full of people like that too. So I'm just going to read a few. Abraham and Sarah. Very old. Sarah thought she was way too old to have a baby. But you see, when God has a plan, nothing can stop it. Age doesn't matter. Moses, he thought he was slow of speech and asked for someone else to be sent in his place. But in Acts 7, 22, it says of Moses that he was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech. Doesn't sound like the way he described himself, does it? So he kept his eyes on God. And when he did that, he knew what he was capable of and God could use him. There's also another verse in Joshua 21 and it says, the Lord commanded through Moses. So again, when he was available, when he didn't look at his own weaknesses, but looked to God, God can do anything through him including parting the waters of the sea. You see, God had a plan and a purpose for Moses, and he gave him every gift he would need to complete that. Look at Peter. He denied the Lord three times. Can you imagine if Peter had done that and then discounted himself and said, oh, I'm no longer worthy, I've let the Lord down, he's never going to forgive me. Can you imagine how different things would have been? Because it is possible he had these thoughts, by the way, but he didn't allow them to take over his mind. He renewed his mind, and he knew that forgiveness was always given to a repentant heart. And it's probably not a coincidence that it was Peter 
who asked Jesus, how many times should we forgive someone who sins against us? Seven? And Jesus replied, no, not seven, but up to 70 times seven. I believe that question was put in Peter's heart way before the incident, so he was ready when he knew he'd let the Lord down, but he also knew what the Lord had said to him. No, you forgive again and again and again and again. Yeah? Consequently, Peter was the one who first spoke after Pentecost to the people, and 3,000 people were saved straight away. So can you imagine if he'd stayed in the, in the, oh, I'm not worthy anymore, I've let the Lord down, but he didn't. He got his eyes back on the Lord and he said, I'm so sorry, or whatever he said. Yeah? And he took that forgiveness and he knew that all things are possible through Christ Jesus. You see, the gifts of bravery, speech, faith that the Lord had placed in Peter before he was even born enabled him to become the fisher of men that Jesus said he would make him. But he had to fix his eyes back on the Lord and know who he was in him and walk in those gifts. It's amazing to think that when Peter was with Jesus at the Last Supper, he said to the Lord, even if everybody else falls away, I won't. I will never deny you. He said, even if I have to die, I'll die with you. It was, it was also Peter who, when the soldiers came to arrest Jesus, that he was the one willing to fight. He was the one who took out his sword. And I can't remember how many, but there were many, many soldiers. He was so brave. Nothing would stop him. He was the one who stood next to Jesus and pulled out his sword and cut off the servant of the priest's ear. He was the one who was brave. But he was brave when he was in the presence of the Lord. As soon as the Lord went, what happened? Please, I'm not with him. No, it wasn't me. When we take our eyes off the Lord, we see things very differently. We see things in the natural. We see ourselves as alone and we see our faults and our weaknesses. Peter hadn't changed in those couple of days from being the really brave Peter with the sword to being the Peter who was skulking away and saying, no, I'm not part of them, I'm not part of them. He hadn't changed, only his focus had changed. He looked away from the Lord. When they gathered the believers together and he began to pray, everything changed again for Peter because Holy Spirit came, Holy Spirit filled him, as Holy Spirit filled everyone there. And Peter's eyes focused back on where they should be. In 2 Timothy, the Apostle Paul sent a message of encouragement to Timothy. And it said, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit of God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, 
but because of his own purpose and grace. It's really powerful, isn't it? Because it says we are called to a holy life for the purposes of God. And the gift of God, which is in you, not which will be eventually, which is in you to complete that assignment. The gifts are in you. But you won't see them if you're looking at the problems. You can only see them when you're looking at the Lord. Because he'll show you what you have to do. And then you have to step out in faith. And you will be able to use those gifts. So what is the gift that we all know we have? Well, Holy Spirit is a gift. And we all have him. God blesses us by his presence. And by recognizing and fanning into flame his wonderful presence, he then imparts his gifts to us. Hence, it's called gifts of the spirit. So recognized or not, you have gifts. And this is what I want to get through today. This is, I suppose, the basis of my my message. You have gifts. Whether you know it or not, whether you know what they are, they are there. And you will see them. When you look to the Lord and ask him and you're not focusing on the problem. I can't do that. It's not for me. I'm not like them. Look at that person. They're so brave. Look at that one. They can talk. Look at that one. They can sing. Look at that one. They can play music. No, that's their journey. You have something especially assigned to you for your assignment and it is there in you. When you stand in front of the Lord or kneel or sit or whatever you want to do and say, Lord, how can you use me? He will show you. He will show all of us. In Ephesians 4.11, it says, Christ gives gifts to men. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, to equip the saints for works of ministry and to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God as we mature to the full measure of the stature of Christ. Then we will no longer be tossed around like infants by waves and be carried around by every wind of teaching and by clever cunning of men in their deceitful scheming. I'm going to stop there for a second before I carry on. There is a lot of false teaching out there. And we need to be reading the Bible. We need to be reading the word and we need to be asking the Lord. If we hear something and it doesn't sit right, ask the Lord. Ask him to show you what he says and he'll either speak to you or he'll guide you. But there's a lot of false teaching, so be careful. It carries on. Instead, speaking the truth in love. And I'll say that again. Instead, speaking the truth in love. We will in all things grow up into Christ himself, who is the head. And from him, the whole body, that's us, fitted and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love through the work of each individual part. We are all part of the body of Christ and we each have work to do as an individual part of that body. And you've been equipped to do it. I thank the Lord Jesus for the miracles we have seen. And we've heard another couple this morning. You know, I just thank the Lord for what we've seen. But it's not enough. 
I am so hungry. I am so thirsty and so desperate, Lord, to see more. And I can't wait for this church, everybody who's sitting here now and those who aren't sitting here today, to be walking in the gifts that you've been given. I want us to be jumping up and saying, I've got a prophecy. Or, can I, can I pray for you? Please let me pray for you. Please let me be the one who prays for you because I just know you're going to be healed. Can you imagine coming into church every day and seeing that and hearing that? You'd want to be here every day. I would. We need to grasp hold of who we are in the Lord. We are children of God. We have been given gifts deep inside us. And we can, we can step out and do all these things we hear about, like Smith Wigglesworth, cancers falling off. Things like we heard again this morning, you know, throats being healed, just like that. Our God is amazing, beautiful, powerful, and he gives you supernatural gifts. All we have to do is open that gift and use them. If you don't know what they are yet, you are in an exciting place. You've got a gift to open, and it's going to be exciting. And I want you to share it with me. When you know what it is, open it and tell me. Come and say, Julie, guess what? I figured it out. Yes. I'll be with you there jumping, okay? <laughs> Every day that passes, that we don't look for it or ask for it or open it, it's another day that it's sitting there. We need to open our gifts, guys. They're there. Not one person here. Not one person. Not, 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 not. Not one of you doesn't have a gift that's for God. Not one of you. And when you're sitting there feeling, oh, yeah, well, I'm having a really rough day today. Tough. We all do. Doesn't matter because God loves you. God's waiting for you to open that gift. It's like Christmas morning every day. Yeah, there's your gift. There's, there's, that, there's that special one for my child. Open it. Don't just look at it and say, maybe you didn't mean it's for me. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. It is for you. Who believes that? Okay, so let's pray. Lord, we just thank you that you're an amazing Father. We thank you that you've given us those gifts and that we are ready to open them. And Father, I pray for every person here, every person who listens to this recording, that Father, you will show them what the gift is and how to open it and how to use it and that you will advance us, Father, so we can advance the kingdom in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. have a great week. <laughs>